the 49th chapter, I actually found a verse that would match this message. I actually found a verse joining us today through our DVD, CD, and podcast ministry, Genesis 49, verse 13. Our thought this morning is going to be 10 things I learned on a surfboard. This morning, we're only going to share five of those with you, five things that I learned on a surfboard. And I want to bring attention to the passage of Scripture, Genesis 49 and verse 13. As Jacob is speaking a word of blessing over his 12 sons, kind of sharing what their destiny, what their call in life is going to be, he speaks to one of his sons by the name of Zebulun, and he says, Zebulun shall dwell by the haven of the sea. And Zebulun shall dwell by the haven of the sea. I don't know if that was real spiritual or not, if you just really felt God bumps or whatever, but it works today to bring to your attention that people love to hang out where there's water. People, they, they love that there's something about a creek or a river or a pond or a lake. There's just something about the river. Creedence Clearwater says people on the river are happy to give. You don't need no money. I mean, that's what's, oh, Kenny, you missed our, our, our surfing song. Well, that Kenny, Kenny will conclude the service with, and he'll do, a, he'll do a surfboard thing for me. People love to hang out where there is water. Uh, I remember several years ago, we took kids to Panama City for the first time, and they looked at the ocean, and they said, man, look at those waves. And I said, those aren't waves. Somebody flushed the toilet. Those aren't, those aren't waves. If you've been to Southern California, if you've been to Maui or Waikiki or North Shore, or the, or the big line, that's where you will find waves that have the ability to carry you and do incredible and phenomenal things. And I made a, a list of some of the things that I just wanted to share about surfing that may or may not relate to your life or where you're at right now in your life. Surfing, like life, is all about balance and timing. It is important in your walk with God, in your walk, in your marriage, in the walk, in your business, in your walk at school. In everything you do, there needs to be balance. We are a generation that seems to go way left or way right. And there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of balance right in the middle. But a Christian walk that is balanced is a walk that will draw attention to itself so that others may be able to chart their course to follow that person who is stable. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Most of you know that Paul started out in the wrong direction, thinking he was doing the the good thing. He was murdering the New Testament church. God confronted him, set him right, and the Apostle Paul began to present an example for us to live by. Gave us incredible words, incredible teaching. His life was made up of a lot of frustration, a lot of trial, a lot of challenges. But at the end, Paul said this, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid it for me a crown of righteousness, not just for me, but all those that love his appearing. So there is a place in life that we need to find balance. As I begin to do counseling in the, in the different, different people in, in, in my life, I find that their balance in their finances is way out of order. Their credit cards dominate their life. Then I find people that are, that are so tight 
Hello, you can hear them squeak when they walk by. That's how tight they are. There's a balance in everything we do. And uh, the thing about surfing is that if you don't learn how to position yourself on the board and learn how to anticipate the wave, you will never surf. This past week, it was my privilege and honor, and I am a teacher. You know you're a teacher. If you have two jet skis, two dirt bikes, two deer rifles, two bows and arrows, you're, you're probably a, two horses, you're probably a teacher. But this week, it was fun to actually get in the water with Brian and show him how to grasp the kneeboard and the rope and show him how to pull the, pull the kneeboard underneath while Rick hit the boat. Rick has a beautiful boat. We had a great time. And I told, I told Brian there's a strap that holds your knees to the board. And I told, I told Brian, forget the strap. Ignore the strap. Don't worry about the strap. Just make sure the timing when the boat hits the, the rope, you pull the kneeboard under. And it was so funny. It was hilarious. Rick and I almost fell over laughing. It was so funny. It looked like a hippopotamus with his butt up in the air, waving back and forth. We never thought he would. First time he got up, it was a first time he got up, and, 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 and we all laughed and had a lot of fun with it. Then we got Paul in the water. And that was, you should have seen the, the whites of Paul's eyes when he went over the wake and went, he actually tried to go airborne, did a face plant, face plant enema all in one. It was kind of a face plant enema, face plant enema. He had to be there. It was hilarious. But both these guys learned that it's all about balance and it's all about timing. God does not operate on our clock. God does not operate on chronos, which is the word chronological. He doesn't operate on 24-7. God operates on carols, and that's a supernatural timing in the, in the existence of God, that God knows to come to your life. God knows when to push you forward. God knows when to hold you back. The Bible says there's a time to give, a time to refrain from giving. There's a time to sow, a time to reap, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. And it's very important in life that you understand that all things, period, work together for good to them that love God who are called according to his purpose. And we know that bad things happen to good people, but Joseph taught us what the enemy intends for evil in your life. God has ability to turn it around and work it for your good. So surfing like life is all about balance, and Dr. Seuss said it so well, life is one big balancing act. The second thing that I learned about, about surfing is that surfing is not something that can be taught. It's something that has to be caught. See, the things of God that God wants you to know and understand and comprehend, they're not things that can be taught. I mean, we can spend hours and hours and hours pounding into your brain and giving you hundreds of pages of notes. But until you catch what God is all about, until you sense that thrill, until you sense that rush, when you're sitting out there in the ocean, you're alone. Surfing is not a team sport. You're on your own when you surf. And you may sit for 20 minutes before you see a wave that you think is good enough to ride. But there's something about that wave. And waves usually come in threes. The third wave is usually the best wave. Not always, but usually. And as you, as you time yourself and you're balanced on that board, and all of a sudden that, that wave begins to peak. And you find yourself right in the middle of that wave. And you find yourself paddling. And all of a sudden you actually catch the wave. Let me tell you something. Nine times out of ten, you won't catch them. Nine times out of ten, you'll miss it. Nine times out of ten, you'll throw up your hands and go, ah, oh, bummer. But there's always another one. There's always another opportunity. That's what's so cool about God. A good man falls down seven and gets back up eight. The whole thing about learning is practice. And what is so cool about practice, if you learn how to practice correctly, 
Practice makes perfect. And you'll learn and, and, and realize that there are things in life that God wants you to catch. You've got to catch a glimpse of Christ. You've got to catch a glimpse of the glory of God. If you're here Wednesday night, the teaching that John Bevere shared about the universe and the, and the universes, I preached a lesson several weeks ago on how big is God. How many remember that, that message? I talked about the number of stars, how far heaven is from here, all the, all the incredible things. And when you begin to catch a vision of how great God is and, and how wonderful God is, then your, then your ants turn to dinosaurs and your candles turn to suns, and you realize that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Oh, somebody wave at me this morning. Let me know that you're, you're listening. I also learned that surfing has its own paraphernalia. If, if you're a surfer, you, you're not a surfer unless you have a necklace made of conch shells. And it was so nice for Dante to make this necklace for my message this morning. Flip-flops, peace signs, bell-bottoms, eight-tracks, roach clips, reefers, and numbers. That's all paraphernalia that a surfer has. And usually, if you don't have a 69 Volkswagen van, I'll tell you a little bit about my surfing eventually later. If you have a 69 Volkswagen van where you put the brick on the gas pedal because it only go 55 miles an hour, and everybody drives while they're changing, get into their surfing clothes, and you're probably, you probably never really surfed if you've never had a Volkswagen van to change your clothes while you headed to, to the ocean. But there's a whole there's a whole vernacular of paraphernalia that we Christians have. God has given us eight gifts and nine fruits. As you begin to as you begin to experience what God has for us in life, we learned several weeks ago that what you feed will grow. Where's Paul? This is your cue. This is your your moment. What you feed will grow. Most of you know that several years ago, I dug up all the grass in my backyard. I put down several layers of plastic, and then I began a rock garden. If you were to go to my yard today, I believe I could conservatively say there are at least 40 different types of perennials. Not 40 flowers, but 40 different types of perennials in my garden. And Paul and Charity and Ann has been so kind, about every three days they go and water my garden with miracle Grow. So since, since around probably March, I've been growing this plant. This plant is almost eight foot tall. Those of you listening by podcast, I'm sorry you can't see this, but this is one big plant. I learned a couple of days ago that this was a weed. So all my miracle Grow, all my efforts, I even spoke over this plant. I named it. I spoke of this plant. And Okay, Paul, you can take it away now. See, what you water in life will grow. What you, what you fertilize in life will grow. There are people that can tell me who, who was the Super Bowl champions of 1970, 1980, 1990. But I've learned that information like that does not push you forward in the things of God. There are people, my brother-in-law can probably tell you, if you name any rock song, period, of the 70s, he will tell you the band, and he will know most of the words of, of the song. But you know what? Knowing the lyrics of country-western music or rock songs does not benefit you any at all. What, what are you planting? What are you watering? What are you watching over every day? What are you expecting in your life? Because what you plant and what you feed, it will grow. And if, and if you're walking 
Isaiah, when he encountered God, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I'm hanging around people that are unclean lips. In other words, he said, I'm hanging around whiners and complainers and fussers. And you know what? If that's who you hang out with in your life, like a chameleon, how many knows what a chameleon or a tie-dye t-shirt, that's kind of a surfer thing too, a tie-dye t-shirt, is that when you get around people, they begin to rub off on you. And their bad attitude or their good attitude, their, their bad vernacular or their good vernacular, their bad vocabulary or their good book, their bad habits or their good habits. All the stuff I learned wrong, I learned from someone else. Come on. I didn't figure out on my own how to put a needle between my toes. I didn't know how to roll a, a joint of marijuana. Anybody with me? About every, Someone taught me how to smoke. Where, where are you? All the bad stuff I learned in life, somebody taught me how to do it. Wouldn't it be cool if you were the person in life that taught people how to do the right thing, the right stuff, the right way to grow and become what God wants? Wouldn't it be cool if you were a mentor and you had the ability to teach people stuff that what you taught them was good? Give yourself a hand because I believe that's where we're headed. My Hawaiian t-shirt, this is a surfer thing. A lack of socks and underwear was a surfer thing of the 70s. That was just, that's just the way we rolled. I, I, again, Pastor Ron is not here, so I could be pretty, pretty more blunt than I'm not usually. Voca uh, surfing has its own vocabulary. Let me check with the sound crew. Are we going to be able to show that, that surfer, that soul surfer clip? We are going to be able to show it. We're not sure. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a moment to get it ready. I'm going to tell you what motivated me to write this, this message today. But surfers have their own vocabulary. There's a couple of words here I couldn't add, we still use. But here's some we can use, and this comes from the, surf, the surfer vocabulary. Dude, far out, funky, groovy. Janice, you remember that one? Boss, bad. Everything was bad. That's bad. That's, what do you mean it's bad? Is there something wrong with it? No, it's bad. No, I'm telling you, it's, it's bad. Awesome. Uh, rad. Gnarly. Rick will relate to this wipeout and a new word that I want to teach this body that this is a surfer's term. It comes from catching a rad wave. What is it? Anybody? Help me, Rick. When you catch a when you catch a rowdy I mean you catch the wave of waves, you say you're what? I'm stoked. Look at somebody say, I'm stoked. There's something there's something about being around the people of God, we have our own vocabulary. Did you ever notice that? What did you do today? Well, I went to church and I prayed through. What do you mean you prayed through? Well, bless God, I'm filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. What do you mean you're filled with the power of the Holy Ghost? Well, you know, I don't drink, chew, or, or, or hang out with those that do. What do you mean you don't drink or chew? I mean, when, you, when the world hears us talk, they got to get freaked out. Hey, bro, what's up? Heaven, how, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Gee, has been so good to me. Everything I speak come to pass. I'm moving mountains. I mean, I'm, I'm right there in the flow. God's moving. I got the juice all the way through me. I felt the power of God surging. I'm zapping. I'm casting out demons. They're going everywhere in the name of... And the world looks at us like, dude, <laughs> you're freaking me out. So even, even, even in the church, we've adapted terms that identify us as as. Christians, I guess, is the word. We went, went to Gatlinburg yesterday, or day before yesterday, and we saw some people that were Jesus only. And I walked to them, and I asked them, are you are United Pentecostal Church? They said, we are. A very precious, very sweet, very, very courteous, very kind, but they have their, their sleeves down to their, 
to, down to their wrists and they're dressed down to their ankles and their and their thing up to their neck. And some of them, their their hair their hair was in abundance that that stretch marks along the side of their face where their hair was was so tight. But they were they were precious. But listen, I don't I don't know that we the church need our own vocabulary. I believe he that when his souls is wise, and we need to be able to communicate with the world without d- divulging into a list of spiritual terms that they don't understand and don't want, want to be a part of. Am I communicating with anybody? In the building, a surfer can understand a surfer's talk. A Christian can understand a Christian's talk. But the Bible says that we're in the world, not of the world. But we are to impact the world in such a way that the Christ they see in us, they want to come and experience for themselves. As a surfer, you will learn that we have our own music. Matter of fact, in surfing, we have our own beat. Can we do our own beat? Can we do our can we do our wipeout? Oh, we're ready? This is the beat of surfing. You remember it? Pastor Connie, remember it? Can you do it? Come on, help me. Podcast, I'm sorry you're not here. Having fun with everybody. Pastor Jake, help me. This great drum solo ends with the word wipeout. I want to share this with you. 90%, and Rick, tell me if Rick, Rick has surfed different parts of the world. Tell me if this is the truth. 90% of every wave you catch ends in a wipeout. Rarely do you ride the wave all the way through its endurance or get the full potential of the wave. Depending upon how you catch the wave, what kind of wave it is, you can go through what's called the tube, where you're completely in, in, in embodied with water. I mean, literally like the tube of a straw. And usually those rides usually end in destruction. Now, you can choose. You can choose if you want to get bopped over the head. You can tie your surfboard to your ankle. But if you tie your surfboard to your ankle, there is a very good possibility you're going to get knocked out. I mean, that's just when you, when you hit a bad wave or you hit a reef, that board goes up in the air. And what goes up? has got to come down, and if it's tied to you, the odds are it's going to whack you in the head. Or you can do like my Hawaiian friends, and you can get a surfboard that is 12 foot long. You can get the whole family on the board. You can get your mama, your papa, your cousin, your brother. So you can, get, you can have this great big board that's really not very sexy. It's, very, it's hard to stick in the sand, and it's hard to put in the back of your woody van. Or you get a short five or six foot board that you tie to your ankle, and, and you learn how to catch the way again everything you do in life the possibilities are you're going to fail before you accomplish brian was all cocky that he got up on the kneeboard did the kneeboard thing so we gave him another little board what was that smaller board called the wake skateboard the the wake i'm preaching this i'll tell how i want to tell it don't you go there with me there's a there's a there's a wakeboard skate skateboard. It's about this long, it's about this wide, and it has that neoprene uh, rubber so you so you can keep keep on your grip, and you got to push your feet out and put the board out and you hold on the rope 
and then the boat and the boat hits it and then you're supposed to didn't happen that day you're supposed to stand up and kind of do the do the wakeboard without the without the 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 brackets or the the feet the feet things and that's something that we will accomplish before the summer's over we will do that but we watched brian make several attempts and let me tell you something he wiped out well one wipeout, he lost his trunks they got down to his ankles and all we saw was white thing floating in the air and so uh so there you have it he said pastor I quit drugs. I went from a 34 waist to a 38 waist. I said, that's not drugs. That's Christianity. We Christians know how to eat better than anything else. Come on, give yourself a hand if I'm preaching to the crowd. So we have our own beat. We have our own bands. We have the Beach Boys. We have Jan and Dean. Aren't you glad today that we, the people of God, have our own music? I mean, how awesome to be able to sing, How Great Is Our God? How awesome is this thing, then sings my soul? How awesome is this thing, the blood will never lose its power? Aren't you glad today that we have the ability to connect with God in that heavenly way by the power of music, by the, by the, by the beat that God has given us, by the rhythm that God has given us? Aren't you glad that you've got that new song in your heart today? Something else that I learned about, um, about surfing, and I'll, I'll quickly cover this. We are going to be out of here at noon. Because we got a pastor run got a big lunch plan, and she told me not to go over noon. I am going to submit because I'm a submissive kind of husband. Um, I started surfing in my junior year of high school. Uh, we had a kid in our in our in our high school, and my parents took me out of public high school in the in the second semester of the tenth grade. Uh, the drugs had become so bad, literally, in in that generation, it was quaaludes. It was RDs, uh, there were mushrooms, there were peyote, uh, speed, crank, crack, mescaline. The drugs got so bad in our high school that teachers in our school were dealing drugs. That's how bad it got. And so my parents took me out of high school and put me in a private Assembly of God school. What they didn't know was that 90% of the population of Assembly of God school were all kids have been thrown out of other schools that sold drugs, did drugs, and knew all. Come on. And so my parents, thinking they were helping me, actually, they did. It, it, was, it was a great school. I, I enjoyed it. But we had some kids that would get up about 5 o'clock in the morning, and we were only just a few miles away from Huntington Beach, and we would run to the ocean. And before we got to the ocean, we would stop at Del Taco because Del Taco had this fire sauce that would set your mouth on fire and would eat about four of those because we all, re all, all realized that when you hit the water, it was going to be cold. And so we would go, we would take our surfboards, and we would hit the ocean, and, and we would surf. And so many fun, so many fun, fun stories about, about surfing I could share, but I won't, I won't bore you with a lot of them. I will tell you that one, with, with one thing, where there's surfing, there's always chicks. There's always, there, was always, there was always chicks that loved to surf, loved to hang out. Uh, my best friend in, when I was growing up will probably listen to this. I want to I I share. This is a young lady that we did everything together. We, we, we were best friends. We never dated. We never boyfriend, girlfriend. We just did everything together. We get in the, in the motorcycle, go 100 miles and camp. I, I taught her how to surf. One particular day, we had the surfboard. I had a Coupe de Ville Cadillac. It was a nice ride. And we had the surfboard out the window. And we were, we were going to smoke a joint, but number rolled. And so she didn't know how to roll a joint, so we traded places on the freeway about 70 miles an hour. And right at the very critical time of trading places, somebody dropped their muffler, and we ran over it. Well, I, I would just tell you that we went off-road. We flattened all four tires on the vehicle, bent all four rims, and knocked out about five or ten Long Beach City trees that they planted right there. But we survived. 
we survived to live it. Every surfer has a shark story. Every surfer has a shark story. We went to Mexico with the Assembly of God there in San Diego. They built a church. They put a roof on it. I had a nail gun, and, and I had about three guys laying out shingles, and we roofed that thing in about three hours. So we all headed to the ocean. So the waves were about seven, eight foot, nice waves. They, were, they, weren't, they weren't choppy. They were just full, right, right all the way to the beach. So while we were getting ready to go surfing, there was this, and we were in Mexico, and there's this elderly gentleman, Mexican father, and he had about four or five spark plugs tied together, and he had a leader about that long and a big old hook, and it looked like a dead chicken on the on the hook. And he walks out where we've been surfing, and he takes this dead chicken, he swings it, and he throws it about about probably a hundred foot right where we were surfing. And I'm the only thing I can think of is, well, I hope he doesn't hook us. So so we're surfing, we have fun. We come in, we put our board in the sand, we get some tea or whatever we were drinking, and all of a sudden, we see the entire family. We've got about 20 kids, and they're all surrounding him, and he's dragging on this, and he's dragging, he's got the kids helping him, and they're dragging, they're dragging something out of the ocean, and it turned out to be a six-foot hammerhead shark right where we were surfing. Well, you know what? Did that affect you? I've, I don't think I've been on a surfboard since. Yeah, I did go to Hawaii once and surf one time. Did it affect you? Certainly it did. Life is dangerous. Being what God wants you to be is dangerous. Doing what God wants you to do is dangerous. If there was no risk, there would be no adventure. If there was no difficulty, there would be no satisfaction. When you're doing what God wants you to do, and I may as well go ahead and get to the four things I want to leave with you today. The first thing that I want to leave with you today is... To respect the turf. You've got, you've got to have respect for the environment. Let me just share, with, share this with you and parallel it with the things of, of surfing. If you don't know what you're doing, and you don't know what the different color the flags are, and you cannot read the water, it's very possible that you can find yourself surfing and can pass about with jellyfish that will hurt you. How many have ever been stung by jellyfish? How many have ever been stung by 15 or 20 at the same time? It will hurt you. Your entire day is ruined. It drains you. It takes all the energy from you, and you, and you live on uh, Benadryl, and you try to survive. How many knows that there's a difference between the green fl flag and the yellow flag? How many knows what the red flag means? Green means fast. Yellow means faster. Red means fastest. Most surfers will not pay attention to the flag unless it's red, and every surfer surfs when it's red. Rick, am I telling the truth? Because that's when the waves are rowdy. That's when, the, that's when you can catch the wave, ride it all the way in. You can hang tin. We were hanging tin before there was even a company called Hang Tin. We were wearing tank tops before they had a tank top. That was just, that's just what we did. That's the way that we rolled. That's the way we flowed. And when the flag was red, we hit it. Listen, a lot of people are saying right now, it's dangerous to be a Christian. A lot of people are saying it's dangerous to serve God. It's expensive to serve God. Too many things can happen to you serving God. Listen, serving God was so dangerous for Jesus that he laid down his life for you and I, and he took it back up, 
And there are seasons in your life when you won't know what to do. You won't know what's going on in your life. The red flag is out. That means that you pursue with all your might, all your intensity, the thing that God has called you to do, because it's in the season of storms that the maker of the wind will show up. It's a season of turmoil when the peacekeeper will walk in your life. And when things are going the roughest, rowdiest, toughest, that's when you can expect God to be the closest. Oh, somebody needs to give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We, re we respect our environment. Do we have that clip? Can we show it, Austin? We lost Austin. Let's get Austin back. Can we? Can we show it? Let me. Let me tell you. Let me tell you why I felt like I wanted to do this Father's Day and next week. True story of a young lady by Bethany Hamilton. And what was so cool about this movie is that Rick, I recognize every beach, Maui. The, the, uh, the pipeline, Pastor Ron and I were on our honeymoon in Hawaii, and we were coming back from North Shore. We went to Waiawa to the waterfalls, and we were coming back, had a rental car. And as I'm driving this car, I look over, and I see this wave about 12, 14 foot high, and I see this guy on this wave. And he's killing it. I mean, he is he, he is killing this wave. And so I almost get in a wreck. I swerve off the side of the road. Pastor, I said, what are you doing? I said, baby, look at that guy. Well, she, she looked without the appreciation of what was being accomplished. Because if you've never tried to serve, then you'll never grasp how difficult and how sensitive and the timing is. So this guy is cutting out this wave. He's weaving. He's We go back to the room, that and that night we're watching the news. The world champion surfing competition was taking place that day. And guess whose wave won the ride? The wave we happened to catch. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, God is, God is so cool about stuff like that. But as they show this, this movie, is about a 16-year-old girl that loved to surf. And she was a very good surfer. She was blonde-haired, uh, loved life, was involved in her church to a certain degree. And there were some doors that opened for her to go on a missions trip. Because of a surfing competition, she did not go. And, and I don't want to ruin the movie for you, but in the movie, she encounters God. What is so cool, this vineyard church that they show on, in this movie is a church that I've been to. We've been involved in vineyard for years and years and years. Two of the beaches that she served, I almost drowned at one of the beaches because the reef, the wave throws you. Have you ever fished, surfed a reef? If you don't if you don't pay attention, the reef, the, the, the wave will throw you right in the, and the, and the reef is, is razor sharp and it'll cut you to pieces. But there's one, there's one place where she served. I was surfing. Pastor Ron was sitting on the beach with a guy by the name of Chewy. And Chewy was a Samoyan. He was five foot tall, five foot around. He was all muscle. And he loved God. And he and Ron were visiting. Well, I lost my board. That's a big, long floor, uh, Hawaiian board. I lost my board. And I got caught in a riptide. And so with the riptide, if you fight the tide, it'll worry you out and you'll drown. you got to learn to go with the riptide and try to get help. So every time the riptide let me come up for air, I'm waving at Pastor Rhonda and Chewy. I'm dying. I'm, I'm drowning. And they wave back. They, they were waving back. They were waving. And I'm, I'm, I said, I'm, I said, I'm going to kill them. If I ever live through this, that the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to kill them. So about two miles down the, I just rode the, I just rode the riptide out, two miles down the beach. I get out, walk over the beach. I am so mad. I mean, I am so mad. I said, I almost drowned. Didn't you guys see? She said, no, we thought, we, we thought just waving at you. having a good time. I said, did you notice I lost my board? And Pastor Ronna said, you had a board? <laughs> Whew. 
Bethany Hamilton had a goal to be the best. And one morning at daybreak, her friend and her, her uncle took her surfing, and a great white shark attacked her board and bit her left arm off. And the movie shows this young lady all the stuff a teenager would go through with the loss of an arm. Do we have the clip? Um, trailer? To her? To who? No, let's not do that. We'll get it for you next Sunday. Austin was back there being pretty, and so we weren't able to. Uh, but we'll get that for you. We'll get that for you. The, the, to, to finish the story of, the, of this young lady, this young lady, very depressed, very discouraged, no arm, could, could, no, could no longer serve, went to Haiti. And right at the time of the earthquake when all the bad things were happening, and, and God used this young lady to touch a little Haitian boy put life back in her heart, life back in her spirit. She figured out a way to tunnel the wave. Let me explain a little bit about when you're when you're swimming past the breakwater to try to get to the waves, you've got to go through the, the, the three choppy waves. There's two ways to go through. Either dive underneath or you top it and you go over it. The waves that she was surfing were 10, 12, 14 foot. There's no way to top it, so you have to dive under the water. She had no ability to hold on with her left hand, so her dad took her surfboard, cut a hole in it, put a handle where she could hold on the board and then go underwater. It's, it's an it's amazing movie. But she goes on not just to conquer her fear and compete in a championship, which she placed, I believe, fifth, but came back next year and beat all of her peers three years in a row. She has been the world surfing champion of the world three years in a row. And you know what? I want to share that. I want to share that to say this. Whatever your handicap is, whatever negative there is in your life, whatever pain you're going through right now, can you imagine mountain climbing and the rock shifts and your arms lock and you're alone? There's no cell phone. There's, no, there's nobody with you. And for three days, you try to get free of that rock, and then you realize if you don't do something drastic, you're not going to live. And you take your pocket knife out, and you cut your arm off, and you climb down from the mountain, and your life is spared. That's pretty rowdy. You're out, you're out surfing, and all of a sudden, a shark bites your board in two and bites your arm off. That's pretty, that's pretty rowdy. But both of those kids turned around and championed their fear. They championed their handicap. They did what was in their heart. They did not let their handicap slow them down or stomp them. Whatever you want to be in life, you can. You're not too old. Whatever you want to do that God has called you to do, you're not disqualified. Divorce does not disqualify you. Uh, recovering from drugs does not disqualify you. The pain of separation or abandonment does not dis disqualify you. Regardless of what kind of dad you did or did not have or what kind of mom you did, that does not disqualify you. All of heaven is on your side. All of God's word says that you can do all things through Christ with strings you. It's not too late to birth a business. It's not too late to learn how to barefoot water ski. It's not too late to be a missionary. It's not too late to go to college. It's not too late to, to be what God wants you to be and do what God wants you to do. I want you to, the second point that I will make and I will conclude with this is one minute to 12. And I can do this in 12 minutes. Never turn your back on your ocean. Your ocean is your opportunity. That's your Goliath. 
That's your means of conquering. That's your means of promotion. That's your means of getting ahead. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Don't abort or abandon what's in your heart and spirit. What God wants you to have and what God wants you to do is right there in front of you. Charge it. Charge it. Paul said, I press towards the mark. He said, I run the race with patience. He said, I am not a shadow boxer that I, that I, that I jab at clouds, but I connect with my punches. Turn it around in your life. Make up your mind. I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm not going to stay here in self-pity. And I'm not going to stay here frustrated. But I'm going to make some decisions that change the location of where I'm at to place me right in the middle of what God has for me. Can we pray?